So the big question is this, how do most agents who don't have access to the secrets that most successful agents hoard to themselves grow and prosper in today's competitive real estate environment? That's the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Pat Hyben and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. And now for the review of the day, I got a review from EDW30. EDW30 says, Pat Hyben is not spewing theory. He's the real deal. At first, I didn't like his delivery, but material and guests were so good. I stayed with it. I've learned he is just being Pat, authentic in every way. There's a gem in every podcast with every guest. I'm hooked and I'm learning what to do, when to do it and when to do what I need to do to win in business of real estate. You need this. By the way, Pat, you handled Miss Million Dollar Realtor with tremendous class. I'm afraid I would not have been such a gentleman once she showed who she was. Thank you, EDW30. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want. Or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first and then leave us a review or wherever you're listening. All right, Rockstar Nation, I got a great guest today coming out of Oakland, California, Mr. Jeff Weissman. Jeff, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Good morning. Thank you for inviting me. I look forward to the conversation with you. Hey, Jeff, uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself so they could get to know you better? Sure. Well, let's see. I'm 69 years old. This is my third career. I have started uh, real estate as an investor about uh, 15 or 18 years ago and um, built a portfolio of 14 properties eventually kind of maxed out that, but had learned how much I love real estate. So I decided to get my license and uh, practice as a realtor, but basically using other people's money. So I got my license in 2010 and uh, have been a top producer ever since. Wow, that's awesome. And uh, so let's, uh, third career is cool. Uh, What were your first two careers? Uh, My first career was... Uh, This was after getting a master's degree in psychology, actually. I went into photography and I got, I uh, built a business as a a freelance commercial photographer and I did that for almost 20 years. Then I transitioned into teaching and I became a fourth grade uh, elementary school teacher here in Oakland, did that for 12 years. Toward the end of that process, my brother-in-law, actually, who at the time, well, he still is an agent with Keller Williams, got me interested in investing. So I, uh, I kind of dove into that sort of as a, as a career alongside my teaching. And then, as I said, ended up uh, leaving teaching after 12 years, uh, had discovered how much I loved real estate, got my license, and uh, have been doing real estate since 2010. So now my ninth year. That's awesome. Friend of mine and mentor, uh, Dr. Fred Gross, used to always say, you should reincarnate yourself and your job and that sort of thing about three to four times every lifetime. So you've certainly done that. So <laughs> well, I think most of us have 
quite a wide variety of skills. And it's kind of a pity to box yourself into one set of skills and one career for your whole life. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm a proponent of that exact same teaching. That's awesome. So let's get to some nitty gritty. So uh, how many houses have you sold in the last 12 months? Okay, well, in 2018, let's, let's, uh, let's focus on that. I sold sure. uh, 30 transactions. Volume was about $24 million. Gross commission income around uh, $645,000. Mm, that's awesome. And what's your profit margin on that? Profit margin is approximately t- little over 2%. Between between two and two and a half percent. I mean, so so what is what would that be? That would be like off of the six hundred, right? What 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 did you spend and what did you keep? Well, my my net commission is is that what you're? you're yeah. So like, um, you made six hundred and thirty, right? And how much did you spend? Do you think on on business stuff, not personal stuff? Oh, probably hundred and. Fifty grand, I'm guessing. One hundred and fifty grand. I, I don't. So. I don't. Uh, I don't have that number off the top of my head. My net okay. was uh, in the low fives. You mean after the broker was paid? Yeah. Okay, in the low fives, and then you then you took another twenty five percent off of that. So, so you ended up with like three seventy five or so, which would be about after expenses. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're about 30, you spend about 35%, maybe keep 65, 60%, something like that. that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. That's good. And it's just you, right? Yes. I'm an independent uh, sole proprietor. I don't have a team. I'm kind of bucking the trend a little bit, although um, I am uh, in process of bringing my daughter in into my business. Uh, we, we, uh, we got her license about a year ago. She's on maternity leave at the moment. So, uh, as soon as she comes back later in the year, uh, she and I will be working together. I'll be training her and bringing her into my business. But uh, for the most part, most of my career just has been uh, as a solo agent. Well, I mean, you got good profit. You know what I mean? So, you know, why, if you don't want to mess with it, don't mess with it, you know, and, and uh, it's certainly paying you well compared to being a photographer or a teacher for sure. Certainly a lot more than, than I <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about your business. So you've been in business, you know, this is your ninth year. You have the mindset of an investor. Where's your business come from currently? Currently, the majority of my business is a sphere of influence and past clients. I think I'm, I'm at that point in my career now, nine years in, where I'm able to leverage the work that I did early on. So I get uh, a fair amount of business from people who I helped purchase a house five, six, seven, eight years ago, and uh, referrals from them and other past clients. Uh, that that segment of my business is growing, and I'm not generating as large a percentage of my business from other lead gen sources. Okay, and like when you started, where were you getting business? Well, when I started, I made a strategic decision to put a lot of emphasis on lead generation from paid sources. And my rationale for that was that I was already, you know, I I wasn't a a young kid fresh out of college. And my my horizon for um, building this third career 
was a lot shorter than most new agents, I suppose. So I decided that if I was going to be successful, I needed to ramp up quickly. I didn't have time. I didn't feel like I had time to go the traditional route of door knocking or sending postcards to my farm or attending chamber of commerce meetings and networking through neighborhood groups and, and all, all that kind of stuff. So instead, I earmarked a fair amount of money to plow into lead gen. And I experimented with different sources, ultimately settled on Zillow, and have been generating lots of business from that channel ever since. And, and so what are you spending now on Zillow? Right now, my Zillow spend is about $4,000 a month, but half of that is covered by lender partners. So out of, okay. out of pocket, it's about $2,000 a month. Hmm. Okay, so let's talk about this because a lot of people that spend a lot on Zillow, you know, they have big teams, they have inside sales agents, ISAs, they have, they have automated assistants, you know, texting people back and they have this, you know, incredible force, right, of, of follow-up in that first 30 days or so. And here you're doing it by yourself. And, and so t- take me through that. Like, what do you do? Uh, ha- ha- why do you think they end up going with you versus one of the other six people that get the Zillow lead? Well, first I would say that by the time I'm talking to them, they are already predisposed to work with me. Why? Because they've, most people have already done a fair amount of research about the market area and about the agents that they're seeing online. Also, because when they see my profile, they see that I have uh, over 110 positive Zillow reviews and that I'm a very active agent in my area, a top producer with uh, very strong numbers compared to other agents they're seeing online. So lots of closed transactions, you know, very focused geographically, but I think that the, the most important feature or aspect is the number of positive reviews. So by the time they reach me, I think they're already in a, a mindset that they want to work with me. Now all I have to do is convince them that I'm the real deal. I just have to be authentic. I have to be transparent. I have to be helpful. And I don't know, for me, that's relatively easy to do. Yeah. And, and so do you have... Speed to lead, like are you yes. like what? What's your process there with following up? Yeah, you have to. You have to. I I don't have a team uh, or an ISA or any of any of those supporting elements that you know bigger team leaders employ, like you referred to earlier. So I do rely on technology, of course, to respond quickly to the leads as they come in. Number one, however, is to answer the phone. It's pretty simple. Zillow's concierge calls me and connects me to the consumer. And all I have to do is pick up the phone when they call. And the consumer is there ready and waiting to, to, uh, to get my assistance. So you do, the, you do the concierge where they do the follow-up for you, and then they just give you the lead when it's ready. Yes. I, yes, that's right. And... At the same time, because the concierge does not have a hundred percent connection rate, of course, I don't yes. know if it does. So I'm also employing technology to uh, respond immediately to those leads. I use a system called Zerpel, and I use Agentology, 
and both of those systems immediately text, email the, the uh, consumer and begin a process of engagement. Sometimes I'm not able to pick up the phone. And so the backup technology sources that I use uh, stand in for me until I'm able to jump in. Okay. So you got three things kind of following after that and then including them. So, okay, good stuff. So uh, let's talk about, you know, some lessons that you've learned in the past 10 years or so. You know, if you were to have to do it all over again, what lessons could you advise us that, that you've learned so that our listeners don't make the same mistakes twice? Hmm. Make the same mistakes as you. I didn't make any mistakes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, we, we all make mistakes and we, got, we, we have to learn from them. And relying on more experienced agents is, is so important. And as an experienced agent sharing your knowledge and expertise with your colleagues, whether they're in your brokerage or not, I think is key. It's really important. And I've tried to do that at every opportunity, including uh, presenting in front of thousands of people at, 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 his, at, the, at the Zillow forum, for example, mm. but also um, being ready, willing, and, and available to uh, both new agents and more seasoned colleagues here in town. So that, that's, that's real important, but in terms of um, avoiding mistakes, I, I, I look back at my early years and I think I probably could have done a better job removing myself from the transaction, getting my ego out of the way, getting this attitude of uh, I'm always right, I know everything better than, than you attitude, get, getting that out of the process and being able to better listen to my clients and just embrace the fact that it's about them. It's all about them and their needs and their goals, not me. That, uh, it's a pretty general response to your question, but I, I think if I had been able to have that attitude earlier on, I probably would have been a little bit more successful in my first few years of, of practicing. Mm. So, um, and it's kind of why uh, one of the questions we ask when you, uh, you know, register for the show is, you know, if you were on stage giving a seminar, what would you call it? And you put death of a salesman. And that kind of ties into what you're saying, right? Yes, it does. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky to be practicing real estate in this particular market. And so my experience obviously is going to be different from somebody who's in other parts of the country where real estate perhaps is a little slower or price points are lower or competition is less. But, you know, here in the East Bay, there is a lot of competition for every, almost every listing. And the, 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 the clientele that I'm dealing with tend to be pretty sophisticated, pretty well-educated. And they don't want or need anybody to sell them anything, least of all a house. So when I'm showing, I am not there to sell them anything. I am there to support them, to advise, to consult, to answer questions, to educate. I think that um, my clients do a, a much better job making decisions when they're well-informed. And in fact, one of my preferred lenders analyzed the performance of all of their top realtors and discovered that I was their number one agent when it came to conversions. 
So the clients that I bring them um, have a much higher likelihood of closing a transaction and of, of them, of course, funding the loan. And I think that the most important contributing factor to that is their level of education, primarily based on working with me and asking questions, which I encourage, and then listening and absorbing and growing to understand the issues and processes and the uh, specifics of the, uh, of, of the house buying process. Yeah. And what about on the listing end? So let's say, let's say you're going up against four agents, which you say you'll almost always have competition on the listing end, you know, and here you've, you know, you're going against these agents and they're coming in and they're saying, Hey, we sold, you know, 200 houses last year. We have a team, we've sold a hundred houses last year and you're coming in you're saying, Hey, you know, here's the deal, right guys, I sell two houses a month but here's why you need to list with me. And like, what do you, what would you say? Well, one of the big differences is that that seller is going to be working with me, not an assistant. Mm. So they're, they're going to get immediate access to a top producing agent with lots of expertise and a deep bench of uh, support people in terms of uh, inspectors and, and title escrow officers and, uh, uh, vendors, plumbers, electricians, and so forth. So they're working with me, not an assistant, number one. Number two, I think is, you know, gets to, to, to what I was referring to earlier in terms of trustworthiness and honesty, transparency in the process. So I don't go in and buy my listings, for example. I make it very clear that my advice and recommendations and my my predictions about value, for example, are, are based on um, a combination of data, hard data, market statistics, which I share with people, a combination of that and sort of the art of the, uh, of the real estate market, understanding market forces, understanding current trends. So keeping up on those things, self-education, uh, participation in, in seminars and training opportunities and so forth. But I, I think the main thing is to, to be transparent and honest with people. And um, sometimes I lose out to those other agents who are promising um, a higher sale price, for example, than, than I might be willing to go out on a limb with. And if the seller is um, convinced by that, more power to them, they can, they're probably not a good match for me anyway. And so you don't even worry about that. You just keep moving when, when um, another agent beats you out based on sale price. Yeah, I do. And, I, and I've learned that... Uh, there's always going to be another opportunity around the corner, maybe, maybe later today, maybe next week. No, I don't worry about it. And I'm also aware that for whatever reason, I don't know my personality, I don't know what it is exactly, but the majority of my business historically has been working with buyers, not sellers anyway. Mm. So it's not like I'm putting all my eggs in the listing basket. And if I don't get a listing, it's not the end of the world to me. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Let, let, let me ask you this then too, because this has come up a few times, especially recently. There's been some news about this and some discussion about this online. Co-op commissions yeah. uh, in, in certain areas, in a lot of areas, are, are, tend to be falling. And there are agents out there that are agents and companies, especially some companies that actually don't have buyer agents, that don't, do not benefit from buyer side commissions, then they have no incentive to mm -hmm. keep, keep a, a, 
a high co-op commission. So they've lowered the co-op commissions. Uh, sellers are becoming more in control of this co-op commission. And some, and, and there's two schools of thought on this. The first school of thought is, hey, you know, I get my uh, buyers to sign a buyer broker agreement. It says I'm going to get paid this no matter what. And if it's less than this, the buyer is going to make up the difference. And the other school of thought is, you know, I'm going to let them find the listings online, on Zillow, any way they want. I'm going to show them anything they want. And I'm going to accept, no matter what the commission is, I'm going to accept whatever I get paid because um, that's in the best interest of the buyer. Which school of thought are you on? Hmm. I don't think I would subscribe to either school of thought, Pat. For one thing, in our East Bay market, we don't see that downward pressure on co-op commissions. Um, Co-op commissions are um, the same as they've been well, ever since I started, which is not that long ago, but but I think preceding my entrance into real estate, uh, it, it was pretty much status quo. So we're not seeing much of a trend in terms of co-op commissions reducing. We, in, a, in our market, very, very, very few agents use buyer broker agreements. We just don't operate that way. So what you're describing may be top of mind and at the forefront of conversations in other parts of the country. So, but if it did happen to you, let's say, let's say it did, let's say a buyer you want to take out finds, if you show a buyer today, eight houses, right? How many of those do you think they find on Zillow or, or online realtor.com versus you finding it and saying, what about this one? What percent, what percent is, is they find on their own? What percentage you find? 98% 98% they're finding their own properties. And that's because that's a strategic decision I make in terms of how I want to run my business and what sort of technology I set my clients up with. Okay. So I am so, not the type of agent who, who, who uh, goes to brokers tour every, you know, two or three times a week and searches for homes for clients and then sends them. Uh, right. And I, I, so, th- I, so that's something that they do. So they have control of that. And then, yeah. And then they, they pick out five, you show them five, mm-hmm. uh, they pick one, and one happens to be less of a co-op than the other four. What do you do at that point? I show them the home, I get the disclosures, I, I serve them exactly the same way. Okay, so then that would be answer B. That would be, that's what you do. So, you know, it, I, know it, it, I know you haven't seen it, but if, it, if you did see it, you would be of the second school of thought, not the first. Yes, except if the second school of thought means that, that the co-op commission is a half a point or one point or, or zero and subject. That's not what you, you just said, that you show it to them anyways. Well, I couldn't stay in business if, if I didn't earn a commission. So if, if it was zero, I would be forced to, I guess I would be forced to begin using a buyer broker agreement and negotiate a commission with the buyer. I, how the only other way to stay in business would would be to to be strictly a listing agent correct correct yeah and it you know and it may not be on all of them it might not be on any of them but i, I it's a it's a good question because it it has it is i'm starting to hear it happen in other markets and yeah. uh, it's interesting to 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 get people's take as to what they should do you know without talking about any specifics other than it's less than what they're expecting or 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 nothing at all i mean in fact there was one agent uh who who had 65 listings recently and she changed all of those listings to 
uh, negotiable on the co-op, which means instead of it saying a percentage, right, they just said negotiable. And what that meant is, you know, if there were multiple offers on it, you as the agent, Jeff, had to write in what your commission was. And your buyer may or may not get that based on what commission Jeff put in there, uh, which was an, it was an interesting experiment. It didn't last to, to, to finish the story. Uh, one of the reasons it didn't last is because she was getting too many calls from agents who didn't understand what they were supposed to do. <laughs> but so anyways, it, it's an interesting hypothetical. Well, it's more than interesting. It's potentially extremely disruptive to how we all do business. So it, it's, it, it's a tough one. I'll be watching it. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting, and it may not ever happen, but but it's been put out there, and there's been a recent lawsuit by uh, against National Association of Realtors and the four largest companies in the United States, saying that it was you know it was antitrust, uh, it's an antitrust lawsuit, uh, saying that the National Association of Realtors is the one who came up with a rule that the commission is paid by the seller and it doesn't give and it's not fair to the seller because it's, it's forcing the seller to pay for something that a buyer should really decide what it is so anyways it's interesting um, to see where it goes but but that's good so let's do this jeff let's let's wrap this up with our flagship question and that is this if i were to take jeff and put him on an island with, say, nine other agents. And all the, the island is not deserted, right? There's a bunch of people there. They're buying and selling things. They're buying and selling homes. They're, you, you know, there's money to be made. The one thing you have in common with these nine other agents is, is no one knows anyone. You're all brand new to the people there. I give you each uh, $5,000. I give you each uh, a laptop computer and a cell phone. And I say, Jeff. And I normally say a thousand, but I'm going to say five thousand because you got into this business at at sixty years old, so you know you had five thousand dollars, right? Mm. So let's say you know I put you out there, give you five grand. Um, whoever sells the most houses in a six month period gets five million dollars. How are you going to beat out the nine agents and win the five million dollars? Well, I'm going to take that, that budget that you've given me and I'm going to spend it on maximizing my digital footprint. I'm going to assume that this island has uh, uh, internet. <laughs> it does. It does. Yes. Oh, good, good. We're, uh, so we've got some sort of um, undersea cable or something. <laughs> but anyway, so I'm going to assume that the people who are buying and selling homes on this island are as, as reliant on the internet as our current population and, and, and group of consumers are. And I'm going to spend that money on maximizing my digital footprint so that wherever they go online, they're going to see me. And what they're going to see is going to be impressive. It's going to be professional. It's going to be well-designed. It's going to focus on my, my expertise, my trustworthiness, my, my large number of positive reviews, my, my, my social credit, if you will. So I'm going to maximize SEO for my for, for my well-designed website, I'm going to make sure that I've got professional input to, to make my profile on sites like Google and, and Yelp and so forth just as 
good as they can be, as impressive as they can be. I'm also going to take uh, some portion of that uh, budget and I'm going to purchase uh, access to consumers via sites like Zillow or Realtor.com or whatever works for me. And so in, in, in my experience, it's been Zillow. And I'm also going to spend some of that money on Facebook advertising since uh, Facebook is such a, 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 an important vehicle for accessing uh, people who are in the market. All right. Good enough. Well, you, you, you touched a lot of big ones there. So um, um, luck, luckily, you, luckily you had that $5,000, right? Yeah. Uh, no, but that's great. I like, I like uh, doing it that way. So, all right. So Jeff, let's talk about your free gift. As you know, everybody that comes on the show brings a free gift. And what I'm going to do guys is I'm going to put it at hybendigital.com backslash Jeff Weissman. It's W E I that's W E I double S M A N. Jeff, W-E-I-S-S-M-A-N. I'm going to put all of Jeff's contact information. If you want to reach out to him and say hello, everything about him on there, things that we talked about, links to things we talked about, uh, will all be there on hybendigital.com backslash Jeff Weissman. Jeff, what is your free gift today? So I'm uh, happy to provide anyone who asks for it a copy of my digital buyer's guide that's full of uh, useful information. And um, I also just wanted to mention that I... Um, I'm always delighted to, uh, to work with referral partners from all around the country if they have buyers or sellers looking for, uh, for an agent here in the East Bay. East Bay, the East Bay of California. San Francisco Bay Area. East San, Francisco, San Francisco Bay Area. All right, guys, you heard it here. So um, on the show notes, I'll put a link to that. And um, you can also get it by going to hybendigital.com backslash toolbox. And it'll be with all the other free gifts that uh, agents have brought as they come on here, or you can text the word toolbox to 444-999. That's hybendigital.com backslash toolbox or texting the word toolbox to 444-999. Jeff, best of luck to you in the East Bay area. I hope you get some referrals from the listeners here. And uh, if I'm ever out in that area, we will get together and break some bread. Sounds good, Pat. Thank you very much. If not bread, certainly a cup of coffee. (laughs) Sounds good. Rockstar Nation, thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Listen, I need a favor. If you find this free content helpful, if you find our downloadable items from each guest helpful, please, I need you to pull out your pointing finger. Yes, the one finger that points at people and hit subscribe. Yes, subscribe. The more subscribers we get, the better we look in the ratings and the easier it is to get guests like Robert Kiyosaki, Barbara Corcoran, all the players that are on a million dollar listing in the different cities. All that stuff makes it easier the more subscribers we get. So please subscribe. And listen, there's a lot of places you can leave comments. There's a lot of places you can like. We're on Facebook. We have an Instagram page. Instagram page is I am Pat Hyben. The Facebook is Real Estate Rockstars Radio. Feel free to leave us comments there. The most popular form of commenting seems to happen on YouTube. Yes, for whatever reason, it's a very open environment. So just go to YouTube and go to Real Estate Rockstars Radio and leave us comments there. Some of them we will read on the show. And we love your feedback. So thanks, guys. And I hope you are having a great day. Oh, and also, listen, if you're going to subscribe and you haven't already left us a, a review on iTunes, please do that too.
Have a great day and thanks so much, Rockstar Nation. I really appreciate you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.